What happens when things don't go according to plan? We've got it. Crew, let's ranch it up. Good day, everyone, and thanks for riding with us as we ranch it up. I am your host and producer, Jeff Tigger Earhart. Tigger. A big thanks goes out to our partners, Pharmatan, Imogene Ingredients, Neogen, Allied Genetic Resources, LivestockMarket.com, Jungle Shorthorn Farm, Medora Boot and Western Wear, RFD TV, The Cowboy Channel, and Wrangler. The boss lady, Rebecca Warner, a.k.a. Beck, my partner with me as always. How are you? I Tell am, everybody how you are. I am doing fantastic no, right now. No, we're not. We've got the cred. <laughs> we're, we're, we've you been, know, I can try and pretend like I'm doing well. I, people are going to say, are those two ever healthy? I mean, for I the know, last I what, know. two years. We should have maybe started a, like, a oh, GoFundMe account or something exactly. the way we've been rolling. Exactly right. So if you are kind of like Beck and I, when we get and where we're at, it's been ungoshly cold notice we're talking like negative 30s and negative 40 below wind chills for weeks so what we tried was something different everybody knows we love to cook and we got into a whole new recipe of beef jerky yes Yes, got the dehydrator out and became DIYers on the jerky phenomenal phenomenal stuff so we are curious about are there some other recipes that y'all would like to share share with us absolutely send me an email at Ranch it up show at gmail.com. Cow Country News. You know, the cow stuff. In our Cow Country News, livestock economist Scott Brown from the University of Missouri, he says it seems like it's a bidding war for U.S. beef, with 2022 set to be the third consecutive year of declining beef cow inventories and the fourth year with a smaller calf crop. Beef production, he says, is expected to retreat by about 3% in the next year. Potential developments in the ongoing drought situation place a range of uncertainty around this estimate. Now, you may think that U.S. retail beef prices are high, and no one will argue that fact in absolute terms. Choice retail beef prices have topped $7.85 per pound for each of the past three months. That's 24% above year-ago levels. Retail ground beef prices now were at 472 a pound in October. That's up 22 cents from the month prior and 71 cents from the same time last year. This is the highest prices have been since June 2020 with retail ground beef prices averaging 426 so far in the year 2021. But the average export value of US beef grew at an even faster clip last year in 2021. Brown says that while it is certainly not a bad situation to have customers in all parts of the world clamoring for your product, Given the length of time that it takes from when individual cattle producers decide to build up their herds until this decision actually flows into increased national beef production, the industry could be heading for a period of years where U.S. beef availability could be limited. Now, even with beef demand being high, U.S. meat production has slowed as Omicron (laughs) makes its way, rising COVID-19 infections among U.S. workers have forced meat plants to slow production and government to replace slaughterhouse inspectors, meat companies, and union officials. Meat packing, an early epicenter of the pandemic in 2020, is the latest sector to be disrupted by a surge in cases of the Omicron variant. Cargill Incorporated has been operating a few plants 
at a lower slaughtering capacity. Now, less slaughter capacity reduces U.S. beef supplies at a time of booming demand, and it means that producers must keep cattle longer in feed yards. A sustained period of lower production could further increase high meat prices at a time of inflation fears. Now, experts say that with slaughter backing up, Omicron is affecting all types of industries, including food production. And that is a look at your Cow Country News. Today's William Up Sale Barn Report heads to Dry County Stockyards LLC in Perham, Minnesota to start us out their January 5th sale. I'm going to talk about some red steers coming in at weighing 500 pounds at $1.94 and a half. Here's a swath of black steers weighing 588 at $1.87 and a half. And then a group of 635 weight steers. They're black at $1.75 and a half. For the heifer mates, some black heifers coming in just a tick over 500 pounds at $1.67. Some 616 weight black heifers at $1.59. And then a load of 740 weight black heifers at $1.45 and a half. Too light of a run on the way up cows and bulls to report. Now heading in a complete opposite direction, going to the Tri-County Livestock Market in New Summerfield, Texas. Their sale from January 8th. Five to six weight steers at $1.15 to $1.78. Six to seven weight steers at $1.10 to $1.61. Seven to eight weight steers at $1.05 to $1.51. The heifer mates, five to six weights at $1.10 to $1.50. Six to seven weights at $1.05 to $1.45. And then seven to eight weight heifers at $0.90 cents up to $1. The top pairs coming in at $12.50 up to $15.50 a pair. Mark Vanzi with LivestockMarket.com is here with us for our weekly update. Kind of like Tradio, I like it. This time he is recapping the January 5th hay and straw auction. Mark? Hey crew, Mark Vanzi with LivestockMarket.com. Just checking in with you. Have some online auction results for you from our January 5th online special hay and straw sale. We sold 52 lots and over 1,000 bales on that sale. Demand was strong on large rounds and large squares weaker on the small squares, and very strong on corn stock bales. Large round quality grass bales average $75 a bale or $130 a ton. Large round corn stock bales average $26 a bale. Large square alfalfa averaged $195 a ton. We sold some cattle on that sale to uh, all black, Angus, bred heifers. They were averaging $1,800 a head. Our next featured sale is our February 2nd online bull auction. There are still a few days left to list on that auction. The cutoff is January 19th at 9 a.m. Listing fee is only 2% of the sale price, and there are no no-sell fees if the bulls don't sell. Contact us to list today at 844-775-4762 or look us up online at LivestockMarket.com. Thanks. Make sure you add LivestockMarket.com to your online buying and selling platforms. They brought you Tractor House and Auction Times, LivestockMarket.com. Which, by the way, before we had to break, Mark wanted me to ask what your thoughts are about the website, about the buying and selling process, how it is working, successes, comments, criticisms, all of it. It doesn't matter. He would like some feedback, so give me a shout. 707-RANCH-20, that's 707-726-2420. Leave me a message. Fire me a text message. You can email me at ranchitupshow at gmail.com. And, of course, online, all the social media platforms at Ranch It Up Show. Now, mental health is becoming more and more important on the farm and ranch. 
coping and dealing with everything that we do, crew. Up next, we hear about the organization Rural Mind. Stick around. We'll be right back. Before you purchase your next set of bulls or females, remember this. The seed stock business is about genetic improvement and customer service. Allied Genetic Resources understands this as well as anyone. Marty Ropp with Allied. That's our charges as seed stock producers is you know, people look at us and you've got to make genetics that work better for us. We see that charge. We understand that charge. And we're going to use all the tools we can to get there. Allied Genetic Resources, where the mission is commercial customer success, period. Looking for a proven outcross for your British-based cow herd? Join us for Jungle Shorthorn Farms Durham in the Dakotas 17th annual sale, the largest shorthorn offering on the continent. Selling 100 PAP test guaranteed shorthorn and shorthorn plus bulls, all with genomically enhanced DPDs and free delivery in the continental United States and Canada. Durham's in the Dakotas, Tuesday, February 1st at 1 p.m. in Catherine, North Dakota. Visit our website at jungleshorthornfarm.com. Check out LivestockMarket.com, sales manager for LivestockMarket.com, Mark Vanzi. LivestockMarket.com is a centralized online platform for online sales of all types of livestock, as well as hay and straw. LivestockMarket.com is brought to you by Tractor House and Auction Time, the industry-leading marketplace for connecting buyers and sellers of farm equipment. The online platform that works without all the restrictions. LivestockMarket.com on Facebook, too. Today's Cattle Battle is brought to us by LivestockMarket.com. Let's get it on. Cattle Battle. Providing solutions, it's great, but what happens when things don't go according to plan? That's an everyday occurrence on our outfit, but the lack of success isn't always a failure crew, although many of us will see it as such, and dealing with those stresses is getting more and more difficult. You all know exactly what I mean and what I'm talking about, mental health. This is a tough one. The day-to-day operations, they can be daunting. They can be grueling no matter how much we love this life and this lifestyle. Now, Jeff Winton is the founder and chairman of RuralMinds.org. He knows all too well about this topic. His family was touched by mental health issues when his 28-year-old nephew died by suicide. And I'm so sorry, Jeff, to hear that. Now, before we get into the organization of Rural Minds, which is fantastic, Let's talk about your family tragedy, and, and I appreciate you, you willing to share your story, but let's talk about that and how that prompted action to be taken. It opened up the door for us to finally, at long last, start to talk about this. And I can honestly tell you that years later, we still have people almost on a daily basis reach out to us and say, your family was so brave when your nephew died by suicide that we need someone now to talk to. We need someone that we can confide in. We need someone who can understand what we're going through. So again, I think that a lot of this begins in individual families, like what happened in my family, where when my nephew died, my mother, who had raised my nephew, and who was the true matriarch in our farming family, finally said, enough is enough. She sat in the pastor's study of the small town United Methodist Church where we were planning my nephew Brooks's funeral. And when I asked her, mom, how much detail 
you want to go into as we prepare the eulogy and deliver it. And with tears streaming down her face, she said, we are going to talk in great detail about this because it's about time that this community and her own family addressed what is happening here. We need to do this for the sake of other people. And as a result, as I said, Tigger, we to this day still have a number of people reaching out to us who remember those words that were spoken by my family. So it's, it's about relating to people that you have a great deal in common with. And that's why the need for this organization exists. We understand rural America. We are from rural America. And we know what works and what may not work that people that live and work in urban areas may not necessarily know. So just having that commonality and that ability to connect with each other because of our shared experience and background is really what we're hoping will continue this dialogue and allow this finally to be something that's dealt with in a more public fashion. Jeff, thanks so much for sharing that. I know that is tough each and every time for you to tell that story, but it helps so many. And that is what prompted Rural Minds, ruralminds.org, the organization. Tell us about that. Let's go into detail about it now. The purpose of this organization is to be the voice of rural America as it relates to mental illness and suicide prevention. There are many very admirable organizations in the U.S. that are fighting the good fight as it relates to mental illness and suicide prevention, but many of them are focused on urban and suburban audiences. And as you know, and as your listeners know, there is a great need and unfortunately, an exponentially growing concern in rural America as it relates to mental illness and associated suicide. And so our organization is striving to serve as the informed voice on mental health in rural America and to provide mental health information and resources for those living in rural America. We realize that in addition to the organizations that I referenced before that are working on a national level, there are also a number of grassroots organizations working across the country, whether they are church groups or cooperative extension groups or grange groups that are focused on this. So our purpose is to be a convener, if you will, a collaborator where we can pull all of the groups together and continue to build the dialogue that's so sorely needed right now as it relates to this topic. Jeff, I got to bring this up because it goes through so many of our minds because these are the issues that that we're facing on the ranch and that my dad faced and that my granddad faced and that my great-granddad faced, prices, drought, all of those different things. So when we talk about mental health and we bring up that subject of mental health, I got to be honest though, for a lot of us, it's hard for us to hear. And, And so do you do you get some pushback of people saying, oh, come on, Jeff, this is this is just our way of life. We have to deal with a lot of these problems and a lot of these issues. Yeah, so I certainly think that that is the case. And I grew up on a family dairy farm in upstate New York in a 
community of 500 people. And clearly, when I was a young man uh, growing up on that farm, uh, mental illness was something, first of all, that wasn't talked about. And if it was talked about, basically, it wasn't considered an illness like cancer was or like diabetes was. It was considered, in many cases, a character flaw. I, I think you're right that this is something, the stigma related to it is something that we're hoping to overcome. Again, farm people tend to be very proud. They tend to be pretty private. They tend to not talk about their problems and they tend to be very independent. But the reason that we exist is to hopefully create a dialogue so that people have a forum to tell their story, to tell their family story, to tell the community's story. Because by talking about this, then truly the solution will start to be brought to the forefront. Now, let me read this statistic based off of the story that you just shared about your family. This is incredible. Researchers at the University of Iowa found that farmers and others in the agricultural trade had the highest suicide rate of all occupations from 1992 to 2010. In the years they they studied in 2017, that is a rate of 3.5 times that of the general population. Now that is that is incredible. I did not know. I mean, I knew it was tough out here because I'm doing it every single day, but that is a, a very, very, very frightening number. And that's just let me look look back at this. That's from 1992 to 2010. That's not all of the times before that of all the broken hearts. But that is a statistic that uh, I think it shakes everybody into reality, doesn't it? It certainly does. And it's not only the farm families and the ranchers that are being impacted by this, but it's all the other associated professions. But in the case of my nephew and in the case of many other people struggling with mental illness, you don't necessarily even have the services that you need. The other thing that you well know, working and living in a rural area, is that, again, people are very proud, they're very private. And even if there was a psychiatric nurse or a psychiatrist in a particular area, people are going to be hesitant to be seen going into that doctor's office mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and, you know, news spreads very quickly in small town America. Right. I know firsthand. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> and so, you know, no one wants to admit that they are struggling with this illness or that their family is. And my nephew, again, is a prime example. We honestly believe that if he had felt comfortable seeking help, that, he wouldn't have made that terrible decision that day that forever changed my family's life to, to die by suicide. So um, we're realizing that there is a need to address this illness differently as it relates to this particular segment of the population. Jeff Winton, thank you so much for your time and sharing your story. The website is ruralminds.org. Crew, check it out, ruralminds.org. And remember, my lines of communication, the phone lines, they're always open. If you need something, get a hold of me 24-7. Again, one more time, ruralminds.org.
org. Now, Kirk is on hold. Stick around. We've got the numbers when we come back. Join me and my team from Neogen over the next few months as we talk about how to improve the genetic package on our operations. We get tips and tricks on how to be more successful with modern genetic tools. Commercial producers and feeders, we now get the chance to change the direction of the future. GGP, Igenity Beef, Igenity Branded, Igenity Feeder, Igenity and Vigor, all from Neogen, and you're going to figure out what program works best for you. Hashtag Ranch It Up. Can I interest you in live calves this winter and spring? How about getting rid of scours? I've talked about Pharmatan from Imogene Ingredients before, and I'm bringing it up now because your cows need to have Pharmatan in their system 90 days pre-calving to help eliminate scours. Pharmatan is now on my team of experts, so if you need some more information or have questions, just get a hold of me. You can head online to PharmatanUSA.com. You can look up Pharmatan on Facebook and Imogene Ingredients or call 515-745-1639. LivestockMarket.com is the go-to online marketplace for livestock, horses, hay, and straw. Sales manager Mark Vanzi tells us how easy it is to use. Cattleman can take photographs, videotape his own calves. He can upload them directly to the site. He can sell them private treaty. He can sell them on the online auction. The biggest principle behind the whole LivestockMarket.com concept is producer has complete control. The online platform that works without all the restrictions. LivestockMarket.com on Facebook, too. Welcome back, everyone, and thanks for hanging with us. Kirk Donsbach, Stone X Financial Incorporated. Kirk, i got to be honest, and you and I were talking off air. We were talking about football again and abamadas and all of that and battling each other, and I really didn't pay a whole lot of attention to how the week ended up last week. i got to be honest, I didn't pay a whole lot of attention at all. So I'm going to turn the mic your direction. I know you want to start with the numbers, so just tell us kind of what the heck went on. All right, Tigger, we I appreciate that. We'll just jump right into it. As of Friday, January 7th, January feeders closed 162.35. That's down 455 on the week. The feeder index was up 234, closing Friday at 161.79. You'll notice uh, over the week that they closed the basis or the difference to a negative 31, a very normal number. February live closed Friday at 137.65. That's also down two dollars. Cash was mostly 138 in the south to 140 in the north. That's down a dollar or two. The big news was weekly slaughter came in at 620,000. That's down 32,000 from same week the previous year, and that's obviously the Omicron news mm -hmm. and how that's affecting labor. Everybody's got a different opinion of that, and there's a lot of fear surrounding it. I suspect that it'll kind of run its course fairly quickly, and we'll be on to business as normal. To wrap it up, March corn closed 606.5, up 14 cents on the week. Now, I got a couple questions for you. The first one is that number that you started educating us with was the CME Feeder Cattle Index. And I believe it was 161.79 here. I'm looking at your newsletter as we speak. And that was a couple dollars higher, more than a couple dollars higher. Is that movement right there of a couple dollars higher, excuse me, is that significant to pay attention to going forward? I know that's kind of a tough one to ask, but that is a number that you have been educating us on and, and drawing our attention to. 
it is very important, especially the difference, right? Like, I don't know if, if the audience remembers, but we were like, futures were seven and a half dollars over cash uh, the last time we did that. That's getting a little long in the tooth and, and suggesting that futures might have gotten ahead of themselves. It appears that is what happened. It's not uncommon at all to see cash or the feeder index kind of moving opposite, but in correlation to the futures as they, they move apart and come back together. Kirk, let's talk following trends. Can that be dangerous when we start drawing those lines, when we start looking at charts? Because I got to be honest, that's one thing that I always looked at was kind of that 30-day moving average. And you and I have talked about that off air. We won't go into details about that. But in your opinion, watching trends, does that get dangerous, you think? Uh, no, no, absolutely doesn't. I think it's very important to have that little nugget of information, but I think it is important to recognize what it is. It is just another nugget of information, another variable that we're using to try to make these decisions. For example, you know, I'm getting a little bit out of our element as a speculator, but a kind of the golden rule for a speculator would be never to bet against the trend and, and to follow that trend. Obviously, if you're a hedger, that's a little different. We're more interested in profit margins mm, and et cetera, right. et cetera. But Absolutely, I'd recommend that that you paid attention to the trends. And the reason that I'm bringing it up is these are conversations, you know, that that Kirk and I have had many times off air, but we think are very important when you start establishing that relationship with your marketing representative, with your uh, an individual like Kirk, because all of these things could have to do with different positions that a person may or may not be in the market as part of their overall marketing plan. Did I say that correctly, sir? I think you hit her nail right on the head, Tigger. Well, Kirk, with that, I'm going to wrap it up. I know you've got cows to feed, so I will wish you a good week, and we look forward to visiting with you the next. I thank you, Tigger, and all your audience for taking the time to listen to us. I tip my hat to you from one legend to another. I'm going to jump back in here before we wrap up with our famous last words and a tip of the hat. This one going out to all of you that provided us with free labor over the holiday season. (laughs) Back to school and back to college. See y'all during spring break. That's going to wrap it up for today, crew. A big thanks to all who were part of today's show. Mark Banzi with LivestockMarket.com. Jeff Winton with RuralMinds.org. Kirk Donsbach, Stonex Financial Incorporated. And, of course, the boss lady, Beck. Our partners, Pharmatan, Imogene Ingredients, Neogen, Allied Genetic Resources, LivestockMarket.com, Jungle Shorthorn Farm, Medora Boot and Western Wear, RFD TV, The Cowboy Channel, and Wrangler. And crew, so glad y'all came with me one more time as we ranch it up. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook at Ranch It Up Show. Our email, ranchitupshow at gmail.com. The phone number, you can call and text me 24-7-707-RANCH. Spread the good word where it's always Tigger approved. Stay ranchy and ranch it up.